Hey, Matt Ray. Mm-hmm. I learned a new Australian thing today that, that one, I need to verify with you, but two, I just want to, <laughs> I would just want to share it. I was going to say shear it. That's more New Zealand yep. if you're shearing things, mm-hmm. I think. But I, I got want... some sheep here. <laughs> do, do they? Are there sheep in yeah. Australia? I feel like there are. Yeah. Lots they of got them? it all. Huh. Uh-huh. They're big on the agriculture. Yeah. Big on the sheep. Big on mutton. But anyways, uh, hot chips. I heard someone yes. talking about hot chips. They were one of a one of the parents of an Australian uh, schoolmate of our kids is over here, and they mm-hmm. they were mentioning hot chips. And then immediately, Kim and I were both like, "What?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> we we were we were like, "Now, now." I mean, we're not we're not super dummy Americans. We know that like people in the rest of the Commonwealth countries. They call they call French fries chips. So, you mm-hmm. know, we we're thinking mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's chips, you know, but like, do you eat cold fries? Like, is that what it is? And then the explanation that we received, maybe you have delved into this more. I think it was a very concise, well put definition. It was like, ah, she didn't start that way. But, you know, the English, <laughs> the English, uh, she stroked her beard. <laughs> that's right. The English call chips crisps. Uh-huh. So, but we don't necessarily say, I feel, I'm filled in this part because she kind of like just jumped over this, but I guess in Australia, they don't call chips crisps. They call them chips. So they, but then they kept chips for French fries. So they have to add in that word to disambiguate, um, crisps as the English uh-huh. would call it chips as we would call it, but then they call it hot chips, which is French fries. Am I, am I in the right area of things here? I, I think usually if there's any sort of vagueness between chips and chips, they're going to say hot chips. <laughs> right, right. So so I don't know if I, – I guess, uh, yes, they are probably less consistent in their uh, usage of the word chips. Mm. Uh, you'll never hear the word crackers. Um but uh, <laughs> just throw uh, that in there. However, <laughs> cracker. Well, that 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 is a good point because my next question was what what is a biscuit in Australia? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, biscuits is kind of this hazy space between crackers and cookies, where a lot of the things that are biscuits are like digestive biscuits, where they're like uh. they're 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 kind of you know they probably have more sugar than a Ritz, but. They still aren't as tasty as like I don't know uh, an Oreo, right? So so you know there's the, the, they're occupying that gray space, which um, makes a good pie crust. Now 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 okay okay let's I don't want to dive too far into this hole because we got some other stuff to talk about. But what the hell is a digestive in reference? Like haven't you haven't you two ever wondered that? Like we don't this this idea I, this idea of a digestive is not something that exists in American culture. At least as far as I know, maybe there is like maybe in like Rhode Island or something, there's like <laughs> digestives. But like in in the rest yeah. of the country, I don't think we have that. It's just a... well, wait, before you go on, like, is it just what the name implies? Like it's something that helps you digest food. That's like, what I would uh, assume. Uh, like, I mean, I, I think it's just like a mild, bland cookie cracker hybrid. You know, it, it's <laughs> <laughs> sounds great. Um, uh, again, in this country, no graham crackers. So, uh, anyway, so did they offer it that way? Did they say, "Would you, Matt? Would you like? Would this be? Would you like something bland? <laughs> no. Would they say, Matt? Would you like a digestive to go with your your drink? Like, is that how it's offered? Like, what? How does it use correctly in in the in the? Mm. Please uh, use it in a phrase, Matt. Right? <laughs> Which aisle are the digestive biscuits? I don't hey. know. <laughs> I think. I All think right, but it's not. It's not medical. It's not like I'm asking for something. No, no, medical. that's that's so why it's it a mystery. It just means I would like a a cracker, right? Because, or, because no, I'm sorry, never a cracker. I like a biscuit. Because because yes. as as you were as you were asking Brandon, when I first encountered this term, I don't even know how long ago, I assumed it was sort of like, sort of like, uh, like <laughs> it's like, a medical grade cookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like 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 some sort of like kids version of Pepto Bismol. Right. Or a Tums. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you, if you had like an upset stomach, you would get a digestive to sort of like, you know, help it out. But I think, it, no, it's exactly right. Like a digestive is just like it's it's what it's what in my family call a grandma cookie, which are like those those they look like crackers. Right. But they might have printing on top of them that say something mm-hmm. like don't eat. This does not taste good. And they're like <laughs> they look like crackers, but they're cookies. And they 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 fall in. They have the Mexican bakery trap. Where like it looks like uh, it'll be good and sweet, yes. but someone forgot to yeah. put sugar in it, and so it just well, tastes like you know hard flour. 
Wow. It, it's, that it's is that, a great phrase. Mexican. I did, you know what? I never knew that existed, but yes, that Mexican yeah. bakery. I mean, trap. I mean, you go Fantastic. to a, you go to a Mexican bakery and you like load up on all these things and you eat them and, and you're, you're like, like bread. this is yeah, not good. It, it, it must be it's, good. All these pastels. They must yeah. be. Just get know, the tacos. It's going to be so sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always get the tacos. <laughs> oh, you're making me hungry. Oh man! Huh. All right, all right. Well, this is you know maybe maybe you know if if people haven't joined the Slack channel, this is a good <laughs> opportunity to come in and we can sort out one digestives and then and then the difference between you know crackers and cookies and uh, but but and then and then really what's the deal with hot chips versus chips? Like you know why why would you not just say chips uh, and things like that? Which you, you ever see that Adventure Time episode with uh, ice cream and chips? That's that was it's, it's pretty good. I should find that maybe for the end because they they sing a nice song. You got these two little appendages, and all they can say is chips and ice cream, and that's that's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say I've, I've never watched this show, and you're not selling me on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, if you were to describe any given Adventure Time episode, it would not really sound very good. I think is uh, mm. is is how that pans out. Well, uh, speaking of things that uh, didn't pan out, I, I with much glee every time some new email service comes out, I'm <laughs> I'm interested in trying it out now. Now, uh, people who are, are, are keeping close marginalia and footnotes of things in their mind will know that, that any chance I get to point out, uh, in the email revolution that I tried to use superhuman once and the CEO mm -hmm. emailed me twice to have some sort of user interview with me before they would give me access to it, uh, was, you know, one of the more, a lot of commitment, one, yeah. of, the, one of the more absurd experiences that I had. Uh, I, I, I said no, that, you know, the, I, I don't know if I I think I said this at the time. I don't think I replied this, but you know, the, the idea that in order to prioritize, increase my productivity and buy more time in my life that I need to schedule another meeting to do that just seems antithetical to the whole point of it. But people say superhuman is great. So that's good. But there's a new one from the, uh, the Ruby on rails people. I think they've done some other stuff in the meantime, uh, <laughs> called, uh, nice called, called, Hey, yeah. Hey, what was hey. they had? The, what was the other one that they canceled? They had Basecamp and another one like that that they were. Uh, huh. Anyways, they had some other service before that, but but uh, right. yeah. Hey, and you know, I spent all this time uh, reading up on its features and functionality, and then I went to go. Uh, I, I went to go sign up for it, and they have made more efficient the superhuman thing instead of them spending time interviewing me on a phone call. They want me to write them an email talking about my email habits and, uh, you know, why, you know, my whole like deal, my existential connection with email. I, I'm, 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 I'm against this, right? If, if, the, if the product is supposed to be, you know, some sort of, you know, intuitive replacement for, you know, something that I, I've been using aggressively for, you know, 20 plus years, it's like, maybe I shouldn't have to, you know, send an email so I can spend some money. I just, I don't know. I looked at it and I was like, no, not for me. Yeah. Um, well, let's go. That, I want to go back to like for the very first question, because you, you hit on it. It's like you generally want to try new email services. Now I'm going to go, I think this is uh, maybe an unpopular opinion. It's like, I'm fine with Gmail. I like, <laughs> I really, I feel like it's fine. Like I, there are many other services I would like to complain about, um, but like, I feel like Gmail does the job. I, I basically use it for personal, uh, email and then I'm in the outlet outlook world right now for my job mm. and outlook, you know, has its pros and cons, but it is what it is. So I always come back to like, you know, people are like revolutionizing email, like superhuman and Hey, it's like, I don't know. Gmail seems to be working fine. So this is why I, in this one area, I, I generally like to try stuff right away, but I, I kind of just relying on everyone else. It's like, well, if people try it. And tell me it's great. Like in six months, yeah, uh, or, or eight months, maybe I'll, uh, you know, it's almost like the operating system upgrade. I'm gonna wait for six, eight months, let everyone else figure out what's good or bad, and then decide if I'm gonna upgrade. Because the last thing that I want, and this seems yes. to be like the real deal, is another email address. I was like, I definitely don't want uh, another. And then you get into the whole forwarding thing, and like, how's that gonna work? But it seemed like this was all around. 
like getting a new email address using because even superhuman seems to front end um, Gmail more than it is its own email server. So I was immediately like, man, I, I don't want to be the first one uh, off, off the, um, into the ocean, if you will, onto this email service. But it sounds like, Koji, are you, so are you frustrated with Gmail or is it just a general curio- curiosity that would drew you in? Well, like you, uh, you know, I have been, uh, a Gmail person completely for mm, maybe five years or so. And that is because, you know, Pivotal used Gmail. But of course, VMware uses the uh, Office 365 uh, suite of things. So I've been, I've been using Outlook, as I talked about last time. They haven't quite figured out how to make keys work uh, like they can in Gmail, which is fine. I mean, you know, it's everyone's learning, even Microsoft. I think I think what I'm curious about. So I looked at it and actually... You know, I I like Gmail as well, and I'm kind of pleased with that. But yeah, I'm just generally curious about like, is there some new? I'm not so much interested in a new approach to the UI of email, because after this, I went around and looked at all the other email things because I read some reviews of hey, and you know, you got like Mailplane and these other things, and it's 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 kind of funny, you, you, not funny, well, I don't know. You go look through all the features that they rave on about, and every single email client has it, right? Like I think. I'm sure in Gmail Lab somewhere they have this snooze idea, right? Like where it's just yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, my emails come back and they're like, "You sent this four days ago. Do you want to send a follow up?" Right, right, right. But you can kind of like actively snooze an email in various email clients and say like, "Show Uh this to me later this afternoon" or whatever. So, so like most of the features that email clients have, no matter what, are like all the same. And then some of them go into this other feature pool that that like I don't like, which is like. Let's turn email into IM. And I just feel like that's mm. that's interesting, but it's not going to work out well. So <laughs> I, w- I was looking at, hey, and more of what I was interested in is like, so are you going to like sort my email differently and figure things out and arrange things around? And I don't know, kind of sort of. I don't of. want that. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I mean, sure. I was also like, hey, I'll I'll see if. If 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 it's the type of email client that's like we're changing what email is, then I'm curious to see what that that looks like. But yeah, then I got to write a fucking essay, like I'm applying to college or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and when I look at tools like this, I, re- I recognize they're probably not they're not for me, right? They're they're for um, when I hear people complaining about you know inbox zero and you know the struggles they have with their volumes of email or whatever, I'm like. I don't have those problems. Yeah, and yeah, there's that too. I think it's because you know we're we're probably at the the you know super user level where we're like we understand the quirks and we've rolled those quirks into our workflows. Yeah, and we're okay with them. Yeah, yeah. And and so when you show up with like, oh, we're gonna make email so much easier, you're like, I don't have a problem with that, right? And so it, it's kind of that that same level of when somebody shows me another operating system. I'm like, I don't need to switch because I'm familiar with the quirks of what I have. Yeah, yeah. And when I sit in front of your thing, things feel kind of awkward and I feel dumb. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and that's and, that's that's part of the value of Gmail, right? Is like is like uh if you use it in a personal context and a work context, you have the same tool and you understand yeah. the same things of like, you know, filters, right? Like so so you and, just and, you and, just set up filters like all the time. And you know, to your point, like I think I said before, like what I do is I never really give anyone my Gmail address. Like I always give them an address at like cote.wtf or coteindustries.com. And all of those emails get filtered to their own thing outside of my inbox, right? So like mm-hmm. so like when I sign up to Same. like if I were to sign up to use hey, I would tell them my email address was hey at cote.wtf, right? Yes. And then like everything's fine. Like it's, it's more, and yeah. then, and then, you know, your kids have to go to homeschooling and then your inbox fills up with all this Google classrooms bullshit and you just make another filter. Like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, that would seem to be the other thing is everything in here. See, and uh, this is a hundred percent Matt Ray territory, right? Like every one of these things, if it is important to you, can be accomplished with filters today, yeah, right? You yeah. can, yeah. if you, if it's important to set a filter for every email address that comes in, like, is it important? Is it a receipt? Is it like a, a newsletter? Then, I mean, it can easily be done in Gmail and probably virtually any other email client available today. So th- that part I didn't think was particularly novel in any way. And 
And then the other thing, I, I don't know, this one did bother me, actually. This is the only thing that really bothered me about it is, you know, the team from base camp is all, I don't know, I feel like they're very much about simple, don't overcomplicate things, you know, speak in human language, right? They're big on writing and, and things like that. But so to rename the inbox, the M inbox like inbox uh i don't <laughs> they know hate your it. spell checker they hate your yeah spell checker. i mean one it's just like and it's i guess it's short for important box it's like like what like what is this a problem anybody had was anyone like oh the inbox isn't for important things let's call it the m m box m box well, and of course yeah no one can spell it so Gmail's this got the just priority seemed, inbox. It's the same this thing. seemed mm. so incredibly stupid to me right it was just i mean again and again if from a group of people that really i think Talk about clean UI, simple concepts. It's just, but uh, I, you know, but beyond it, yeah. dumb, in my opinion, to rename the <laughs> inbox. No one has ever been like, the problem with email is we named it inbox. No one has ever said that as an issue. Now, now uh, let, let me let me uh, say the things that, as I recall, intrigued me uh, by this. Okay. One. Yeah, we got a positivity. Well, no, no, because I am like generally curious, like, is there is there something going on here? Uh, you know, some practices that I like, I'm always looking for the next, oh, I should use filters, right? Or, or like the thing recently, I think in email land that I've actually like, I'm always resistant to using this stuff because it seems like, you know, what normals do. And then slowly, but surely I try it out. Like I've started using all those like suggested replies and templates and stuff like sounds good. Boom. Like that's, in fact, I would like some way like to just like turn it on, send the email and archive it. So I don't even have to like, cause now you just click on sounds good and it puts it in there and you still have to email it, but whatever. Uh, but like, you know, you know, so the idea of finding all your receipts and putting them somewhere again, you can set up filters to do that. And I never really know if Gmail is doing that well, or if the fact that I do that weird emailing scheme scheme screws it up, but it would be kind of nice to see like, here's like stuff and you don't have to actively go in and set up those rules and things for it. So that's cool. And, uh, but then, you know, I'm, I'm a little unsure about like the task management stuff. That's the other thing they did. They used to have like a task manager over there at, uh, the 37 whatnots, but like campfire. Yeah, there you go. But like, like I still have never, I mean, I've seen a lot of them, but I still have never found a, put your task management in your email and your email in your task management thing that works out. And, and like, and then you add in Slack and you're all, you're just fucked. Right. But like, well, and, and I know there's like, you know, services and in Mac OS and I could like, you know, right click to do some Omni focus thing or whatever. But like, it's almost like, I feel like you could just put your task management inside email and, there could be something there. And I forget if they actually have that in there somewhere, but it seems like, but I, I, I was hoping they would, that they would do something right. And, you know, there, there's another thing. And again, the issue with a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, we like to talk about strategy here is like all of these things are easily replicatable or, or easy, absolutely or easy to add in. Yeah. But like, you know, there's a thing, like I remember reading something where it was like, this is going to remind you that you should have emailed that person. Which is slightly different than you haven't replied to this in four days, right? It's kind of like you wanted to do something here. And then and then finally, like, I don't think this is in here in any way at all. It does. Do you see this thing that's the screener? It kind of dynamically builds up a filter. Like, I don't want to hear from this person or this thing again. That's kind of nice. Uh, but the other thing that, like, I don't think it's in here, but that I'm always wanting is, like, uh like a personal CRM system that is literally like you should email your mother, right? Like, like, or, or, or like, you know, you emailed this person like two months ago and the language you used was sort of like, talk to you soon. And like, so why don't you email them? And here's my suggestion of stuff to ask them because you're kind of like socially awkward. Right. So like, like here's a person that you talk to. See, that that sounds very likely to come from Google, though. Right, right. right. They're like, hey, but, but, we have this thing. But wouldn't it for you antisocial? Nerds. Wouldn't that be great if you like <laughs> logged into your email and it was like, here are three business and personal people that you should have an ongoing check in with, and mm. this person, you know, last time you told me they're interested in like you know, marathon running. And they were going to go run a marathon. And so I'm just going to remind you a month later, why you told me that you wanted to be reminded to at, send in, hey, how'd that marathon go? 
right? And then, yeah, I, I, and then you know, we also have this whole social media stuff. Like it could just kind of check in and be like, they like baking bread, so ask them about that, right? Just like, you know, your mother is concerned yeah. about if you're eating well. Send her a picture. Yeah. I, I, th- I think Google has tried to bring those sorts of things in where they're like, well, somebody would like this. And, you know, they, they I can't even remember what they called their social network thing. Um, Plus. You know, the, yeah, Google Plus. Like, it tried to slowly bring those elements in. They're like, you know, oh, you're sending an email to, you know, Joe. And Joe, here's Joe's, you know, Google Plus site. And, oh, look, he's a runner. And, and I think what happens is people are like, if it's not, perfect and it won't be perfect it's kind of creepy and annoying and people don't like the change mm. and so they don't use it and they, they get like this negative feedback and and i recognize that in myself like you know i've been complaining every two weeks that you know there's a google meeting invite in my replacing my slack and replacing my zoom invite in my calendar and i actually went and tracked it down and um it's like a formatting bug or something, mm. you know, that the zoom link is getting whacked and it's, it's rolled up into some other Trello link. And it, you know, so maybe it's not totally Google's fault, but I don't know how that Google meeting invite got in there in the first place. Cause it was a zoom meeting, but like that, that, that discombobulation of you, you know, you touched my UI, my experience without me liking it. That's why it makes me angry. Ah. And, and so there's this fine line when you start playing with, you know, features at the margins and trying to slip things in there. You're like, okay, you know, remind me in three days. That's okay. Put a Google, you know, a meeting invite in place of my my Zoom invite. Now I'm furious, right? <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> and so they probably it's a third the um, right? I don't know the reminder stuff. Like you know, hey, you should talk to people. And I know why you guys, you know, aren't seeing it as much, but that seems to be the domain of social networks now. Like Facebook mm, is yeah, very yeah, much yeah, good yeah. at that. LinkedIn, like they will pop things up to say, to tell you, uh, they'll either remind you of like a personal That's true. anniversary or memory. Yeah. Um, and that's the, like, if it belongs anywhere, which we can argue about, I think it belongs there because it has a better sense of like who your friends are and things like that. Like I definitely don't want in my email, like just like, hey, it's so-and-so's birthday. I feel like that's like a that's, different a different that, that, world, that's, right? That's like true. And in social media, it's actually better because the expectations are super low. It's like you don't even have to order flowers for people. You just sort of like, you know, put some sort of emoji on their, their wall. <laughs> exactly. And you're done and, yeah. and you move yeah. on. So, but, um, but I do think, you know, back to Gmail a little bit. I mean, they have, I guess it's the Gmail lab stuff. They have the follow-up stuff. I already have that yeah, yeah. enabled where if, yeah. and that just pops up, I think it's five or seven days. So that's already in there. And then even the receipts, I guess this is kind of back to this, the core philosophy of, hey, right, it just seems like it's around, what, basically three different important things, um, like newsletters, receipts, and then like kind of, you know, regular messages. But, you know, kind of, again, I think it always falls back to like just kind of the default search. It's like, well, fine, if I click on the receipts tab, you know, it's like if I get more than maybe 50 receipts, I'm just going to be back searching again. Right. So like, what did I save myself? Right. Like in Gmail, I would just search for the receipt. I'd put in some description around the receipt. So I don't know why clicking on receipts is suddenly all that useful. And then of course, Gmail has the, you know, some people use it, some people don't, you can always just star something. Like if you just think it's going to be around for a few days or you want a, a quick link to it, just start, it'll be at the top. So I don't know. It just kind of comes back to like, what is the, this idea that email is broken, I guess I guess that's where I'm coming from. Is like really, if it's broken, I don't see how any of these specific things are really helping. And then on top of that, I got to pay ninety nine dollars, and it's like, well, why? Like I don't I don't see anything that I'm getting out of this that is uh, not, not to mention they got to do a little essay to, to get an account. Yeah, well, well, well they, they do the they do say that in July it'll be open, but still, yeah, in July still, everyone can like do like it. it's just the audacity of like you know, hey, we're here. Uh, actually, it's just like a beta and you've got to like apply for it. I guess invite stuff was crazy in the past. But and, yeah, you know, it ha- it has other things like the way it stacks up things to reply to. So, there, I mean, there's some interesting mechanics in there. But what I what the last thing I wanted to ask on this topic. Right. So the other thing that's just kind of scooted over in big text is that you get a brand new email address. So, you know, of course, oh, no. the main reason I wanted to sign up for it is so I could be Kote at hey dot com instead of like, you know, Cote seventy nine thousand robot head at you know hey dot com or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so you gotta gotta squat your social media. Exactly. Side. Now now 
that that this idea as as they say that I could start fresh with a new email address. There's a lot going on there. That's sort of like that's sort of like you know my my whole like Cormac McCarthy thing is like I finally want to be independently wealthy enough so that I just disappear and and no no one sees me anymore, right? And so like you're like I've got 500 email addresses. How am I supposed to disappear? And, and so I feel like if I was in a place in my life where I could just start with a new email address and not be forwarding all my old stuff, right? Because if you just forward all, I mean, we all went from like you know yahoo to gmail to whatever like if you just forward all your old email address it's just sort of like you know it'd be it'd be like i don't know i can't even think of an analogy you replace a toilet and you got like shitty pipes and you put the shitty pipes literally and figuratively on the new toilet you're gonna have a shitty toilet no matter how clean it was right and so like you can't just forward the email you gotta like make a cutoff that there's no more and you only use this new one and that that sounds great that's almost, it reminds me of, uh, I think it was in Tim Ferriss's, like, you know, four hours to do anything book, the four hour body, where he was like, he was like, you know, human, you know, any human's current existential crisis nowadays is around dealing with email. That's what most everyone <laughs> is stressed out about is, is answering email. So I, on the one hand, it is absurd to suggest that like you would get a new email address, right? But on the other hand, I, I like the, uh, I like the, you know, the, the Ruby on Rails audaciousness of it that like, well, of course, get a new email address. Like you can't stop using email, but if you just kind of like yeah. start new, then maybe, just maybe it works. Get a new phone number. Just turn now, off the old one. <laughs> I do want to shout out, I think it's Benedict Evans who, cause I'm pretty much, we'll see, uh, you know, maybe if, Hey, I'll give it a shot at some point, but it's certainly low on the party list. But Benedict Evans said the best thing. He's like, he said something like, not sure there's that much innovation in the world of email, but he said, in the world of calendar, hey! calendars is an area <laughs> that is wide open. I want this team to take a shot at calendars, and I'm all in. I will just say right now, I'm 100% sure in yeah. on whatever calendar they build because the calendar complexity and my hatred of like this web of calendars that I somehow am involved in yes. – I would, I, I mean, talk about just want to cut your arm off to get to starting fresh to your point, Cote, to start fresh with a new calendaring system. I am a hundred percent all in on, please. I, someone offer yes. up any new solution would be a very much appreciated. And my, my, my rickety 37 family calendars has fallen sideways this week. And I, you know, at some point I have to go onto my wife's laptop, figure out where. So, so, you know, for those who don't know, uh, I've got, I got three kids, not, not five like Cote. And, you know, we got a calendar for everybody. Um, I have, you know, several work calendars. We have a house calendar. We have a dog calendar. Um, so I think there are like 12 or 13 calendars in my calendar app, uh, on the Mac. And then we try to keep those in sync, uh, with our two phones and periodically subscriptions just kind of get lost. And, you know, this week it was we were having a handyman come over and it was on my house calendar but not my wife's house calendar and you know so i got an earful when you know the calendar breaks down oh boy fix it fix it i don't care how you do it but fix it because you know every time you think you calendaring is is ripe for fixing but i don't think it's the app front end i think it's the plumbing on the back end i don't know how you fix it this is it matt this is hey this is a free idea for anyone that uh, wants to go raise money one slide this is just your entire pitch deck i'm going to build a calendaring calendar system that assumes that a person is has a family works has children <laughs> and, and and has to interact simultaneously with all of those groups simultaneously, they cannot. That person cannot clone themselves such that one calendaring owns that person and do, and ignores the other yeah. one. That's mm -hmm. it. That's the entire slide. Go into Andries and Horowitz. Yes. Five million dollars done. No one has ever considered that a person has to be in multiple places and and interact with multiple groups and manage all of it together. Oh. Every calendaring system assumes the same thing. I'm the only calendar in your life. And it's like, yes. that's a hundred percent not true. So go ahead, <laughs> take that, go into Andreessen Horowitz. That's $5 million. That's a genius observation. I, I, and then yeah. go build I, I it. Think, I think that's, the, that's the, the other thing about the Hey email service is that it, it makes that assumption that you're assuming that you only have the one email. Right. And so like, oh. this is, this is a problem of a lot of the, the sort of like productivity stuff like that. I mean, you, I don't, I'm not going to repeat it, but it, it, uh, 
it it doesn't unify all of these different things, which is uh, too bad. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I I needed to prioritize all this work stuff. Like the amount of time that I've spent setting up filters so that all these like weekly status updates, like I don't have to pay attention to. And then next thing you know, I get like you know. They've installed some, you know, waterless toilets in some office in Wisconsin. Like I get notified <laughs> of that. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't need to know those things. Oh, so broken. <sighs> we are sponsored this week by Strong DM. Managing your remote team as they work from home. Managing a gazillion SSH keys, database passwords, and Kubernetes certs. Meet StrongDM. Manage and audit access to servers, databases, and Kubernetes clusters, no matter where your employees are. With StrongDM, easily extend your identity provider to manage infrastructure access. Automate onboarding, offboarding, and moving people within roles. Grant temporary access that automatically expires to on-call teams. Admins get full auditability into anything anyone does. When they connect, what queries they run, what commands are typed, it's full visibility into everything. For SSH, RDP, and Kubernetes, that means video replays. For databases, it's a single unified query log across all database management systems. StrongDM is used by companies like Hearst, Peloton, Betterment, Greenhouse, and SoFi to manage access. It's more control and less hassle. StrongDM, manage and audit remote access to infrastructure. Start your 14-day free trial today at strongdm.com slash SDT, all caps. Again, that's strongdm.com slash SDT. And we thank StrongDM for sponsoring our show. Now, we should talk, though, a bit. We should it around because the other controversy that Hey started this week was uh, they got rejected from the App Store. So, oh. the uh, you know, the... Apple initially, it was, it's probably, I think this part is actually interesting. So Apple initially accepted their app. Uh, and of course, the the thing they're trying to do is they don't want to uh, pay the 30% uh, subscription tax, right? If you um, put your app in the app store. So they originally went down the path of, which many people have done, right? You don't, you basically have no links to any subscriptions and, you know, there's all these rules you got to do to, to get it in there. And like Netflix has done that and Spotify and all them and Amazon have those apps. So for, for like, Amazon. for like Audible so, and, and, uh, in the Kindle. Right. So they did that and they got approved, but then upon, I guess, trying to just fix some bugs and like put out a new release, they were rejected. And Apple basically said, no, nah, it was a mistake. The last thing I read was like, Apple came back and said, well, we really should have never let it in in the first place. So that, of uh, course, got, uh, I mean, uh, DHH just, just going off just all over Twitter. I think he's done a couple of podcasts since then. I know he had previously testified to Congress about, you know, the market abuse uh, that Apple's gone. So wait, wait, I, wait. this is, 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 hey, iPhone only? No, no, it's not iPhone okay. only. It's uh, it's everything, but they just they want to deliver a mobile yeah, app, yeah, yeah. Of course, um, you know, like all this other things. So, so I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is definitely many. Uh, and I think Spotify and, and reading up on all this, like Spotify has an entire website dedicated to just. I think it's like something unfair app store or something like that. So they have an entire website already calling this out. So I don't know. I mean, it's really interesting. Um, you know, Apple to the, today, right? I mean, many people have complained about this or a lot of people, I should say, they don't, people don't complain. People complain in, in quiet. They'd say they don't like it, but they're afraid to publicly say anything for rear of a uh, fear of, uh, some type of, a uh, reprisal that Apple would kick them out. But, uh, you know, not in this case, I, you know, give them credit. I mean, I guess they're, they've called out Apple and I think, I think he said something like they're not going to relent under any circumstances. So I don't know. That just may, means that they don't have a, uh, an app in the Apple App Store because I can't see without um, some government entity maybe intervening. It seems unlikely Apple re will relent, or right, or maybe they right. will. Maybe there'll just be enough pressure that they'll make it go away what, in this one case. What do they care? Yeah, I I, <laughs> I I forget the exact figure, but I, I remember seeing some some headline or press release that Apple said that they you know that like five hundred billion dollars has run through the App Store of you know. Exactly. Paying out to people. I, yeah. And, you know, the other thing, like, like you mentioned it, but I was, and this is by no means, uh, is it gaslighting, like blaming the victim, but like, I, it, it was kind of curious to get singled out for it. But then the, the guy said that he testified against Apple earlier this year on this very issue. And so I have to imagine 
the people who control the policy of who gets dinged by this and not probably know that they testified against them in front of Congress. So I'm sure there's some sort of like, uh, you know, I mean, little revenge things going on. But isn't in Audible now you can actually buy stuff in the app, whereas previously right. you couldn't. That was because uh, yeah. Amazon and Apple came to an agreement and it seemed to stem from uh, Amazon agreed to put Prime in the Apple TV store. So basically uh, Apple TV. That's right? a good trade. And then, and, yeah, yeah. And then a trade yeah. was that now in Audible – you can actually, I guess it's called credits, right? You can actually yeah, 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 buy yeah. credits and then and then spend credits, which is, I mean, I have to say, it's a fantastic improvement. I yeah. mean, it's, I mean, I knew why it existed, but man, and I knew it was a pain before, but wow, it's a lot. It's even easier than I thought. I was like, this is so. I mean, I get where he's coming from, and this is, I think, a place where I do have some sympathy. I'm like, yeah, this is. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they can do. I guess the only thing I think they really could do, and it would have to be something like you know, building a really good progressive web app that you felt like gives all you know a near native experience that um people have will just have to bookmark and you know, put on their various yeah, uh, nobody's gonna uh home yeah. home screens i mean that seems like the only and i don't know i don't know if they anticipated it like i tried to i downloaded that but i don't have an account so i couldn't really get in there to see if how many of the native functionality or if they could do it and you know so you can build pretty good you know um progressive web apps these days and they're they're pretty slick so uh, of course it does. I mean, it takes like you, most people aren't used to bookmarking and getting an icon on their screen. Although it does seem like this kind of crowd, people that are into hate email probably could figure yeah, that out. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't know, though. that seems like their only real recourse is like, we're going to build such a good experience that people are going to love it. And we're just going to avoid the app store completely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think I'm mean, first, I, I think like charging like that, uh, that, uh, whatever you want to call it, that 20 or 30%, like that's ridiculous. Like, you know, yep. I, I always enjoy more money, even if I don't need it. So I don't want to be someone that says Apple has enough money. They don't need more. You know, <laughs> they, they're welcome to go grab as much cash as they can get their hands on. Uh, but like it, it is like I'm not sure it's 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 a I don't know. It's not quite as necessary. Like an instead instead, you know, they can still have the option. You can still buy a subscription to the App Store or whatever. Right. And. The the benefit of that is it's just like a one tap sort of thing, right? That integrates all into the Apple stuff and you just like do it and you don't have to worry about it. Now, they've gotten better, but the way that you go find and manage those subscriptions is like hilariously stupid. Uh, but <laughs> like, you know, it is it is easier that way, right? So maybe someone, you know, if an app developer thought it was worth their, you know, that they would increase sales. It's like the old credit card thing, which is only like, you know, one to 2%, I guess, uh, fee that you charge, but like maybe it increases people signing up for it, but like signing up for the service all on its own outside of the app, when like every single other major service like that is able to do it, it's clearly like not cool to ding someone for it. Yeah. Right. It's just like, no, it there's no, it, it, it doesn't make sense now, you know, uh, what that depends on is, I mean, it, it may be is if the, if the dude's already testified in front of people, then obviously, you know, he'll get called again, uh, to, to testify about stuff, but probably not a popular time to be attacking Apple at the moment. You might have to wait for, for a while for that to, to come in. Well, they talked about that. The EU's already opened an investigation. I saw that he was DHS was on an interview with one of, uh, the congressman. So I think he's already r rallied some political support, but I, again, I just being more pragmatic. It's like, okay, if you don't want to go. The progressive web app way, then why not? Because I think one uh, password did this where, you know, if you go to one password site directly and sign up for the subscription, you get more options. There's different subscription options mm -hmm. and you can make it cheaper by like buying for longer periods of time. So like you have a lot more options than you have in the app store subscription. And then, but you can do it in the app store still. Like if you want to do it that way, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I even hesitate to call it cheaper. It's just like there are less options. So one thing I would just say here would just be like, well, just kind of flip it around and say it's user preference. So just raise your price. So if it's ninety nine dollars yeah, yeah, a year, exactly. make it one thirty, and just say or, and just put it in there. And then if that bothers people, or if you know people figure out, oh, I can actually get it for ninety nine on the website because they're running this other promotion, fine. Yeah, and then yeah. just let the users and, decide, and, right? Like, and, and you could you could still be like your your railsy jerk person and be like, this is the Apple special price. That that's that the most yeah. expensive one. It's the you get the premium Apple purchasing can program. they can they have a, a free to premium version ooh, that's like oh the apple store version you know is free for the first month 
And you know, if you want to keep using it, you have to switch over outside the app. Yeah. It, well, you know, probably, but I mean, I, I, I think I think the summary of all of this is that controversy is good marketing. I, I think uh, it raises a lot of awareness and interest. Every, everything's fine, but I uh, I want a new email address. That would be fun. Just just go make yourself one. You can call it, yeah. you know, episode two forty eight at. That's the, that's the problem. Is I, I can have any new email address I want. <laughs> exactly. Ugh. My kids are still fascinated by by mattray.dev. Matt, oh, you know, yeah. The, yeah. You because know, I go I go somewhere you know to buy something in a store and they're like, can we send the receipt to your email address? And my my ten year old's like, you know, Bunnings at mattray.dev. And I'm like, fine, that'll work. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a dot Amsterdam domain name, and I realized I sh- I could get garbage chairs of dot Amsterdam. Fine, oh, finally, well, build the brand. Yeah. Right there. I almost registered Cote out of Amsterdam, but I didn't really know what I would do with that. That's doesn't. Yes. It, what I don't know what that that is. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think we figured that one out. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the bottom of hey. Uh, well, you know, I was uh, uh, I write a little weekly newsletter. And uh, I, I was I was writing a pattern that I've noticed over the years, and and you know it. I think I think I think it pulls into uh, one. It's nice to complain about something, but it also like gets to this weird area of like productivity and how you're supposed to behave in a workplace that I always have a trouble with. And that is, you know, what often happens uh, in 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 a uh, a corporate setting. You know, I used to be an analyst and uh, do strategy. And uh, as this podcast is proof of, I can talk at length about things. <laughs> and so, you know, I, w- I was thinking over the years, there are many times when people kind of offhandedly mention that they would like me to, like, help them out with a story or, or, or write some strategy. And I get I get very excited, right, because it's it's fun. And uh, I write this stuff up and I, and I write like, you know, one might call it long. I write a very detailed, perhaps thoughtful thing. And I send it off to them and I never hear from them again. And I feel like every yep. single time I do this, I, I write down in my little captain's log, I should not do this again. Like, like best case scenario, they take the time to read it and they're like, this guy is a kook. Kind of like that guy in, you know, the Watchmen, they got the kook file. And I guess I guess I don't want to be like that guy because he's the craziest guy. But, you know, there's, <laughs> you know, it's just junk in the kook file. But like, I, I feel like this is a lesson that I, I, there's two problems. One, I have not learned this lesson that I should just give no more fucks when people ask me to help them with their strategy and story stuff, right? I should just be like, oh, I know what you're up to. Good try. Ha ha. Right. But then two, like, uh, like I still need some calibration for when people actually want me to do this kind of stuff. And maybe three, I mean, do I need to start mastering replying with a one character email when people ask me to work on a story or strategy? Like it is, is my problem, is it possible to actually try to like have a meaningful consideration of how to run a business or do a product in like three sentences? I think, I don't know. I think you have to do a couple of things here. One I think most of the time when people are sending these emails, they're just looking for validation. Like, and you have to determine quickly, like, oh, do they just want me to validate the already their ideas? And there's nothing wrong with that. And so maybe you would just quickly read it over and say, I think you're this is a great outline or this is a great strategy. And then give them two very minor but you know, good observations. Like kind of like second paragraph. Mm. Like you've read through the whole thing, you're like, there are two things in here that if I just constrained myself to just in working in the strategy. That I think can improve it. People will, I believe, will tend to appreciate that. Like it's just like when you get a slide deck. Someone sends you ten slides. Find two things in there, right, that are relatively easy tweaks. Even maybe you know, do it for them so they can just do accept. People, that is what people want. That is really what people are asking for. So that is one. Now on the other one is like most comment on strategy is I actually find it to be very simple but it causes a lot of introspection on the person getting it. And it usually is what people don't want. So I'll just give an example. <laughs> uh, 
Quibi, right? That's the new video streaming service, right? There's been a lot written about it, like what, like the pandemic. Why aren't people watching it? Is it because like vertical or it's horizontal? Like, so this would be like if you know if they called me in, this would be my entire summary of it. I'd be like, the problem is you didn't make any shows that people wanted to watch. And they'd be like, no, wait a minute. Did you not hear me? Like we had the technical guys and we could turn right, it right, sideways right, right. and landscape and we're doing this thing. And we got Meg Whitman and she's from eBay and I'm Jeffrey Katzenberg and I make great movies and I know famous people and we're getting all these write-ups. I'd be like, got you. The problem is you did not make any shows that people wanted to watch. Okay. That is your issue. That Okay. So and then, of course, they I would be kicked out of that room or fired if I worked there, whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. And that would be – they would be like, you don't get it, right? You just don't get what's going on there, right? Because that would be an example of no one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear that we spent a billion dollars making television shows that people don't want and it, because they're going to feel like they failed. But I would say – I would turn around and say, listen, making television shows of any kind, extremely complicated, right? People fail all the time, Right. And it's it, it's unfortunate, you know, you didn't get any. So, but that's where I would say you need to go make better shows. And I know I realize what I just told you is very hard to do, and there's not a simple answer. But that is your problem. It is not the fact that like yeah. people don't know about it. There was a pandemic, or everyone's watching TikTok, whatever. No, like if something is a great show, yeah, yeah. people will find it. Go work on that. So, so, so that, and then I would leave, and they would never talk to me. Again. So that's interesting because it, it's a, it's a, it's it's a. It's an unexpected approach to my my other kind of thought in this area, which is like, let's call it like the uh, the Seth Godin problem, right? So you go you go you go mess around with Seth Godin, right? Like I I back in the early two thousands, I was a big fan of Seth Godin. I ordered the box full of the the purple Moo books. I think I gave one to each of you because I was like, purple cow, baby, I, yeah, cow, yeah. yeah. I was like, this guy, he's got it figured out, and like you know, like like uh, he does have a lot of stuff figured out, but after a while. You're just like, this dude is just sort of like, you know, a fortune cookie. Like, he's basically just like, <laughs> he's like NBA fortune cookie guy. And he's just, you know, he's kind of like, he kind of like tapes together three fortune cookies. And then that's like a blog post. And then you take... You, <laughs> he's like the marketing oblique strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tape together like 200 of these blog posts and you got a book, right? And then the problem is over the course of like 15 years, you write the same book 15 different ways, right? Now, right. that's a little unfair, like, but but it's sort of like there is this core nugget of things going on there. Now that said, in in a bad way, I think I think a lot of the core nugget that you're getting to, Brandon, is like, I mean, people want shit they want to watch, right? Like it's gotta be good shows. Like it doesn't matter right. if it's like it doesn't matter what the deal is, like, is the content good? Which is a very like Seth Godin thing to say, is to like, you can spend all your time anyways. That that is a very Seth Godin posturing, which comes to the thing with like these uh these lengthy times that that I spend thinking about strategy and product is like, I mean maybe, and this is like the cynical approach. Like I just can't wrap my head around an optimistic way of thinking about that there is anything useful in brevity when it comes to like strategy. But like maybe the thing is there aren't really that many novel new strategies. There's just like shit that works or doesn't work, right? And so, and, well, and, and putting in the work, right, right, right. And and so, for example, like if you come up with a better search engine, right, it doesn't really matter what your strategy is. Like it's a better search engine, right? Like now you can kind of like piss away some some technology advantage that you have, but like you're not really going to like need to do like you know a five volume set about like any given like shift of how you're doing things. Right. And then even maybe even you risk the chance, you risk the, um, um, you take on the risk of overthinking it. And next thing you know, you're like selling insurance inside of, inside of Sears stores. Right. Like, and you're doing some kind of absurd thing based on that. So maybe there really is like, there's a certain level of strategy where you're like, if it takes you more than like five minutes or like 90 seconds to kind of like think about and explain the strategy, it's too high risk, right? Like there's some core principles that you need to consider. And like beyond that, it really, it's just sort of like, 
and they, you know, the shit's going to work or it's not going to work. Right. Or there's, the, or, yeah. and, and then, and then, you know, in the, in the realm of B2B business, the other, the other, the other side of that is that, you know, any piece of technology is great, but what makes, makes or breaks a great business is that you have the organization and the salespeople and the marketing people who go out and make sure that you get money for it. Right. Like, right. so that's, so basically you make a great search engine, you buy double click done. Next thing you know, robot dogs, right? Like you just like, right. you go through that. But, path. I, mean, but I think, uh, I was gonna say, but unwind that a little bit. It's like, I, you know, cause I agree with you. It's like, no one wants to just like hear all oh, the great. You told I me mean, like Seth Godin, or I would say like, you know, make it a uh, free prize inside or make it remarkable. Or right, 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 like right. that's all, it's all the same thing. It's just like, make a good product. And it's like, Hey, so it is sort of trite just to say that I get it. But the, I think, you know, the challenge back to like people that are looking for this is like, Hey, why don't, are we, are you at least working on that problem all the time? Right? Like, okay, the problem is we need to make better content. So we spent a billion dollars. We didn't hit it. Now, are we really focused in on building better content? Are we getting distracted with like, Oh, let's change the branding of the app. Let's do some more promote, you know, cause that's, that's what people I think generally don't want to hear. They're like, well, you got to go back and figure that out. And it's fine. I think, uh, again, I have, I, I would sit there and say like, there's nothing wrong with like, we made a bunch of TV shows. It didn't work out. We got to keep trying. We got to maybe try some different shows, some different producers, some different writers, right? Just, I would just say, run a bunch of experiments. Like where's the place that you're getting. And I think you look at like Netflix, right. That started out, you know, probably making TV shows that weren't as good. And we can even argue now, a lot of the stuff that I think we talk about that they release isn't that great, but they, they've kind of figured out like, okay, maybe one out of 10 is like a big critical hit. Mm. Right. And they get it. They've kind of built that in. So I just think, you know, the, and I think the, the problem is like, I think when you, you know, kind of back to the halo effect, right. It's like, okay, two hugely successful executives do this. They come out and it's like anyone in that, and I listened to some of the pre-interviews, anyone that even said like, I don't know, I'm a little skeptical of it. Right. Like Peter Kafka is a good example over at uh, Vox. He did a good uh, interview. And it's just, you know, they just don't want to hear it, right? Like you could tell in the meetings, like absolutely not. You don't understand. People absolutely want to spend $9.99 on this content. For you to even challenge me is just saying you don't get it. And it's like, well, those are the types of things that just have these spectacular failures, right? Versus like, why don't you just launch an app with a couple shows, right? Get a sense of like, get some critical acclaim beforehand and build up to it and, you know, and don't be surprised if people don't love it. Right. But when you come out and you say, well, I've been hugely successful in these other areas and, and it doesn't work. It's like, well, yes, welcome to the halo effect and welcome to a spectacular failure. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think, I think the key takeaway is that, that if you want me to write a six to 50 strategy page menu, please email me at Cote at Hey.com. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a mystery. You know, I, I'm not sure I've ever worked on a strategy that worked out well. I should, I should go, I should, uh, I'm already in my cave of thinking. I should go think about that somewhere. Well, I, I think the problem, the problem is, you know, to, to, to sum it all up, is when somebody asks for help with their strategy, they probably already know what they want. And they're asking for the one or two tweaks like Brandon's suggesting. And if you come in and try to help them dismantle it, they're like, well, now what? You know, they, they'd already prob probably put a lot of thought into things ahead of time and they weren't ready to like really change up what they're doing. So you can either look at it as, you know, yeah, here are a couple yeah, yeah. of no, I, small I, feedbacks. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. This is helpful. Yeah. I was like, you know, here are a, a couple of small tweaks and just kind of walk away with it. Or like, well, we can dismantle everything and make a lot of small tweaks to every single piece of what you're planning, which is, you know, the more in depth one. But if if you're not engaged there, like if you're not like the on-site consultant to help them through this, and this is just kind of a, a one-off thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck getting any traction. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I've seen that with you know enterprise customers where they're like, well, "We want an executive workshop," and you're like, "We gave you that executive workshop. You know what happened? We had a workshop." Yeah, no, and and and, and <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think while, while we're while we're scrummaging around in the guts here, like I think that is. Uh, I, th I think you've hit upon something that I do successfully deploy often, which is the, uh, at this point in the review cycle, you don't have time to incorporate how much feedback I have. So, so, <laughs> yes. so I need, I need, if, if I want to be helpful, I need to just like pr do some small things, right? Just some small little suggestions and, and things like that. Now, that said, 
I think this is where like uh, something like, you know, track changes and suggest change, not track changes, but suggest changes is actually pretty nice, right? Because I think it's pretty quick to go through and look at a lot of changes. And anyways, that that's that's a rat hole there. But it is, uh, I think maybe that's what I have to be better at tuning at is like knowing when it's late in the review process. Now, the other part of that, a topic I bring up frequently here is like, I'm also really bad at being that person who like, ask questions as an answer to questions, right? Like, like, what are you doing here? What is it that, you know, you want to do? Like kind of, instead of, instead of just being like hearing a 90 second pitch, like, and then running off and making all these assumptions, not only about what the topic is, but like what it is someone wants. Like I, I need to have like, this is kind of like, you know, in that same way that I need the email thing to tell me, you know, suggested topics to talk about with my mother. Like just sort of like, you know, feed into that my manual for how to talk with people. Like I, I need another thing that's like someone in a business context is asking you this type of questions. Here are the three to five other questions you ask them to have a better conversation. Right. Like I just I don't know. And I see people do this all the time. And I'm just like a gog at them for able being able to like, like not talk and like ask questions that that. <laughs> That not only that not only get other people to talk, but that generally get other people to say things that are interesting. Now, there's always like ten other people in the room who aren't saying anything interesting or anything at all. But like somehow they've got these consultative questions that they ask that kind of draw things out. And you know, it's the whiteboard meeting, right? The no slides meeting. Yeah. And I I just don't know how to. Uh, I don't know what those questions are. I don't I don't I don't know how you do that. And. Maybe that would be helpful so that I can write more three-line strategies to people. And I can just be like, you know what your problem is? You didn't make a TV show that people wanted to watch. <laughs> That's right. Well, listen, I don't know. I always think it's the most – I think we can argue whether or not it's helpful. But I think usually that's really the root of the problem. Actually telling people that, I have not found it very successful. So yeah. maybe just – you know. You know, you yeah. deploy that strategy with uh, only in in an area where you're very confident you have a good relationship with someone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you got to you got to you got to say it in a more deft way than. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, either either the person can take blunt stuff or you have to figure out the uh, the smoother way of saying it. Just sort of asking them, uh, did people actually want to buy this? I think I think that's the 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 semi transparent, the opaque question people ask is like. And maybe it's why this question drives me so so crazy is like what what problem is this solving? What uh <laughs> and you're just like, Oh, fuck you, what problem is this solving? Why don't you figure out what problem this is solving and tell me? Right? Like it's uh, anyways. Uh, I, I don't know. I hate I hate it when people ask me that, like, you know, you, you ask them for help and they start asking you questions about like what are your goals, who is this for? What problem are you solving? And like, I mean, I think I even mentioned this a couple episodes ago and I'm just immediately like, okay, you're not the person who's going to help me. This is, this is not helpful. <laughs> All right, Kote. Well, let me jump in here. Uh -huh. Like, I'll tell you what problem you're solving. Like, you got a laptop, you got no stickers. I'm going to solve that problem for you. You know what you're going to do? You're going to email me your postal address at stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com. And I'm going to send you a sticker anywhere in the world. Went to the post office this week, reloaded. I got international stickers. I got... Plenty of uh, uh, U.S. stickers, so so that's a problem we can solve. Your laptop needs stickers, and frankly, if you need stickers for anything, uh, I think we've talked about uh, using them for uh, Yeti cups. Uh, somebody using them for bike helmets. Uh, so yeah, you don't have to, don't be constrained by my thinking. You come up with your own strategy, but I'll tell you this: whatever it is, you need a sticker. So make sure to do that. Maybe I mean, if you're in a pinch and you need to hold two pieces of paper together, you could do that. Acceptable. Just, Acceptable. just send a picture. That's all we ask. Well, you know, uh, also related in the area of, of stickers and things, as mentioned earlier, there's a Slack channel you can join. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash Slack, you can check it out. You know, we got Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn. You can find our stuff all there. It's always helpful if you go in and like, you know, uh, reply with an emoji showing your support. You don't have to send flowers or like ask me how my kids are doing. Or whatever, my five kids, Matt raised three, Brandon's one. I think, and, and, you know, we're, they're doing great. They're fine. 
people ask me all the time how the new baby's doing and this is this is another thing that maybe hay can tell me is like what are the proper replies because i come up with a reply that's just like a joke to me i'm just sort of like i uh i, I don't i don't say it this dismissively like i <laughs> when when i'm not with with my own comfortable space of people like you know i put on this air of just like light-hearted frivolity but basically what i say is like it she's a baby she's doing baby stuff like she eats she sleeps like today today i I had a breakthrough in the response i was like yeah you know she's eating and 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 uh, i was being nice you know she's she's gaining weight she sleeps through the night you always want to say she sleeps through the night every parent's like oh yeah yeah that's great sleeps through the night that's the equivalent of like my kid got into yale or whatever just like baby sleeps through the night sounds great but then i was like and you know only a couple of weeks does she have an exploding diaper and I was like, "Yes, I got, I got a little thing in there. You got to point out, <laughs> you know, some you made it personal." Yeah, yeah. Yep. Other parents, they know. Well, Cote, I know you're about to say, like, "Hey, how are the listeners doing?" You know what? Let me tell you, I got some, uh, I got some answers for you. I, I want to let you know that Robert in the UK had listened to our episode last week. I sent him a bunch of stickers, but he had some good follow up. We talked about big data. I think it was like, "Is big data a thing?" Turns out it is. This is what he told me. Big data is happening. In the UK, where a retailer was able, uh, a retailer was able to save millions by using big data to optimize when they restock their shelves. So there you have it. So that's why I was talking, I was emailing with them. I was like, well, maybe we should say, we should change the episode title to like, well, big data is just all around us. We just don't pay attention. We just don't know what's happening. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, to, to, to steal some Kubernetes uh, framing, uh, boring data. That's that's what it is. <laughs> data should data right. should be boring. Hey, I don't know. Right now, all we do is really go to the grocery store. It's like one of the major events of my life. So it's like I'm I'm happy that they have things there. And I also want to let uh, uh, give a quick shout out to Daniel. He's in Vancouver. He tells us he loves the show. You can always say that. I love hearing that. And so we sent him a bunch of stickers as well. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Anyways, if you can, if you have any ideas of how I can tell people about my baby, email it to Cote at hey.com uh, so, that, <laughs> so that I can I can prioritize it to read next week. Uh, and with that, Brandon, what do you have to recommend this week? First, I want to recommend myself. I did an interview with Todd Gardner uh, of TrackJS. So just scroll back, listen to it. It was good. We turned, learned uh, a bunch about like how to build web apps with JavaScript and like making sense of JavaScript. And we sure. talk about his career. So it was fun. And you know what? Maybe maybe the team at Basecamp, maybe they should listen. But Todd had some advice on uh, when to build progressive web apps. So you can listen and uh, get in the Slack channel. Tell me if you liked it. Tell me if you agree or disagree with Todd. And then on a, per- a couple other quick recommendations. One, I always like you know digital transformation in the real world, as we say. So I stumbled onto this because I was trying to track uh, a, a package sent by the uh, U- USPS, the United States Postal Service. So they have this thing called informed delivery. Didn't even know about it. But essentially, they will send you a scan of your mail. Right, you can actually get a picture of it of what's coming, and I thought it was fantastic. I was like, "Oh, great!" So that way you can kind of know if you're getting mail that's important. You can see pictures of it. It's free. It was easy to sign up, and congr- And now, of course, everyone knows I'm a huge fan of the post office. This is not a place where I'm recommend. We don't recommend stamps.com, not at all. We recommend the United States Post Office. So good <laughs> job, United States Post Office. I'm impressed. I'm signed up. I'm using informed delivery. I love it. I added it to my deck as yet another example. So that way I don't have to have talk about Netflix and Uber. I can give them, you know, the people something new they haven't seen. And last night, uh, I finally got around to watching 1917. Great movie. Really uh, just captivating. You know, it's like this was a movie I did not. I was, usually half the time I'm on my phone, watched it start to finish, no time on the phone. And I'll just say cinematography, fantastic. I don't know how they did it. It seemed like magic. You feel like you're right with the soldiers. So if you're looking for something kind of, it's a little gory, not going to say, and I know it's definitely not lighthearted, but it's very captivating. So check it out. How about yourself, Matt Ray? What do you have to recommend this week? I've got a, a pair of recommendations. Uh, uh, the current humble bundle of uh, the fight for racial justice bundle. There's a ton of stuff in there. There's like a hundred things. Um, not everything is stellar, but uh, the price is right, and I found a couple of things I'd been meaning to to play or read or listen to. So uh, check that out. Um, and then uh, there's uh, you know listeners hopefully are familiar with the band Massive Attack. Um, their album um, Mezzanine is uh, their most popular, and the one before it was called protection and there was a remix album done by a guy called mad professor. That is a uh, kind of the dub remix called no protection. 
one of my favorite albums. Apparently, uh, one of the best-selling dub albums of all time. He did a remix of Mezzanine that I'd never heard of. And this is 22 years later. Uh, it just got released last year with their 20th anniversary as the B-Sides. So it was vinyl only. Uh, but uh, you could track down the MP3s as the B-sides to the, re- the, the re-release. So um, down in the weeds, but if, uh, if you like uh, dub or Massive Attack, it's gold. So go get that. Hmm. Always with the music recommendations. Well, you know, one of my recommendations is slightly related. This is another thing of like, you know, me realizing something after all these years that was obvious. But I, I, I re-remembered slash realized recently that I could stream the local uh, Austin radio station, KUTX, which I used to listen to all the time, here on the Alexa. And, and it's great because I don't know if you're ever in this situation, but you're with, uh, you're with your, uh, your, your special uh, other person. And you're like, I want to listen to some music and I'm a little embarrassed about what I want to listen to because I know they don't want to listen to it. And so I'm going to try to shift nope. off onto them picking what to listen to because really i don't care i just want something and then the next thing you know again with the questions well what do you want to listen to and you're like oh my god here we are in in a circle but you just put on the radio no one has to decide and so uh now you can just you can go to if you go to kutx.org or you ask alexa you can just stream it and it's great and what with these mega download speeds here in the netherlands it's uh not a problem so my other my other recommendation is uh i finished reading this book called short life in a strange world all about, I, despite the fact that I listened to the book, Brandon Style, I think I'm going to mispronounce his name, but it's all about Br- Bruegel, Br- the painter, and this guy, this sure. guy uh, Toby Ferris. It's, all, it's only his first book, although he wrote some essays on uh, Renaissance paintings. I'm really selling it with, with the, these angles here. But it's, it's like a really well-written book, and it's nice, and it's interleaved with going to visit all the, the Bruegels and uh, some commentary on them, and then he kind of like, at least from my read of it, he kind of like talks about how his, uh, you know, he's kind of like reflecting about how his dad was ambitious and then gave up and kind of like drunk himself to death and then his own sort of stuff. And it's one of those like, you know, here's here's a thing that I'm going to use in a, as an excuse to look at to be like, oh, life is weird, but it's a it's a fun book. You should uh, check that out. It's good. It's the guy. I forget who reads it, but it's good in uh, as an audiobook as well. As always, this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to download this episode, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 241. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Improvising. (laughs) Oh, man. Chips, 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 ch